Hello and welcome to Story Guts. This is where we explore what the stories we tell, tell about us. I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so I'm, I've had a like really wrung out pop culture week. I feel like I am exhausted because there's just been a lot of big things happening and I have dissatisfaction with all of them. Uh-huh. Um, but that, that is what sort of inspired today's topic, um, which is battles so as some of you may know in the past week or so a bit more than a week by the time you hear this um avengers endgame came out which Mm -hmm. i mean i guess small spoiler there are some battles Uh uh-huh probably you should have expected that's that's not a terrible spoiler um and the battle of winterfell episode of game of thrones came out which features the um battle against the Night King. Mm -hmm. And so these two sort of pieces of media got me to thinking about how difficult it is, I think, to portray battles Mm -hmm. um, on screen or in text or in a game or whatever in a way that we care about. I mean, if you're like a big war buff or something and you're really into (laughs) watching people fight, maybe... But, um, you know, there's there's sort of a, a known kind of phenomenon of watching, um, if you're watching a battle, of getting sort of battle fatigue. Yeah. Of just kind of being sick of seeing, you know, fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. <laughs> and so how, how do shows or movies or whatever, like, manage that and, or, or how do they kind of fail to manage that? Yeah. So... That's kind of where I'm coming from, what I'm thinking about. But I don't know. Like, do you do you do you find battle scenes memorable in in things? Like- so I think I had a different reaction to you. If uh, for Game of Thrones, Battle of the Bastards, like I actually quite enjoyed that. I remember that you didn't like it because it was just like, what? No, I love Battle of the Bastards. It's literally one of my favorite episodes of all time. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. I really is because that I the think one? it really the- su- successfully does a battle. Okay, okay, because that's the one with. Jon Snow's, like, going into the thick of it, and he's like... Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I thought that was really effective. Actually, I'm really a big fan of um, kung fu movies, like um, martial arts, and those are very specifically about, like, the one-on-one carefully choreographed, like, back and forth. So, yeah, I don't I don't find big battle scenes that engaging just because, like, as you said... Um, it just gets really muddled really quickly. And then you're just sort of like, well, there's like more people like hitting other people in the face. It's very hard to uh, maintain momentum for that. And even in, um, even for movies like John Wick, mm-hmm. where it's like, it is like one against many. It's John Wick versus everyone who like hurt his dog um, uh-huh. and everyone related to anyone who hurt his dog and so on until he kills everyone in France um, and beyond, I guess. <laughs> Isn't it Taken where he kills everyone in France? That is Taken. You're right. John Wick okay. is... I don't know. I just like... I find people killing other people with guns not very interesting or engaging. So I know a lot of people who really like John Wick because it is like very well shot and a very decent like revenge flick. Mm-hmm. But it's only so many times I can like see a person like dodge out from behind a pillar 
take down like three guys and dodge back under behind a pillar while cement flies that yeah. I can find engaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, I, I am on the op- opposite end of pop culture fatigue. I have the 4.5 combined hours of Endgame and Battle um, Battle for Winterfell ahead of me. I'm watching it this week. Um, but this is now a spoiler zone. So yes, my, um, I, I don't. My- anticipate doing any major spoilers for endgame and i will let you know if i do uh-huh. but um i'm i probably will have some big spoilers for um all right for I'm game excited. of thrones so just just foregrounding that um but kind of before we start i want to talk about like what what do we think can make a successful battle because to me the thing that the, the problem with battles, the problem with these big fights, and maybe you get this less in something like John Wick where it's one against a bunch, like you know exactly what his motive is. Mm-hmm. But when you're just watching tons of sort of nameless characters mm-hmm. kill each other, Bang um, each I other. think it's really easy to, to lose sense of the stakes, even when you have like your main character sort of spread out in there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you don't feel they're actually in any danger that can be um, a way of kind of not feeling like there are stakes. But even if you do feel like there's danger, sometimes it, it's hard to understand the emotional core of what's going on in a battle or in a big fight. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think like the, the real trick of a good battle scene is having that emotional core running through it the whole time and taking those paces and breaks to allow that emotional um the battle has to have an emotional arc as well as a um you know just sort of like arc of fighting <laughs> mhm yeah so so for you like the real it's like what am i what is my investment in this battle why am i why do i want to see it turn out well and ex- especially like why are we seeing this entire like 30 minute battle instead of just like a 10 minute battle and then like resolution. Like what are, what are the twists in the battle that affect the characters Mm -hmm. um, directly, which makes sense. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think battle of the bastards is a great example for me, at least I really love that episode. Um, I think like a lot of battles on game of Thrones, it's not super logical. Like the battle plan is confusing and, um, but, but the thing that helps is that it has, the emotional core of it is like super clear the entire time Mm -hmm. you understand what the stakes are for john like so this is the episode um at the end of season six where john and sansa are fighting to get winterfell back from the boltons Mm -hmm. um at the beginning of the battle john sees his little brother rickon die killed by ramsay bolton um john also knows that ramsay was horribly abusive to sansa um and before the night of the battle sansa tells john if we lose the battle, I will kill myself. Basically, I am not going back to Ramsay Bolton alive. Mm-hmm. And John tells the woman who brought him back to life, if I die, don't bring me back. Mm-hmm. So the stakes are very clear from the beginning. Like there's a heavy emotional Every- entanglement of family, of like need to protect oneself and each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the battle itself starts, we get... The death of Rickon, which causes John to Go abandon the battle plan. Um, but we understand why. It's like he abandons the battle plan because he's been emotionally um, tormented, basically. Mm-hmm. He's been tricked into it, in a sense. Um, 
But as we watch the battle progress, we see it not only as a fight where John is fighting to win this sort of seemingly impossible battle. He's Mm -hmm. extremely um, outnumbered. But we see him fighting whether to live or not. Um, Yeah. Like, we see him sort of making the decision at a certain point of, I want to live, which um, is really crucial because it's it's been very unclear how he feels about having been resurrected. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, we see Sansa sort of coming in at the last minute with the Knights of the Vale to swoop in and save everyone. And we see her, like, satisfaction at um, beating Ramsay's forces and right. sort of being triumphant and not being left in this powerless position where she, her only option that she sees is to kill herself. Yeah. Um, and so to me, like that battle, it's not super long, the battle itself, because the episode takes a lot of time on the before and the after. Yeah. Um, but even just the moments in the battle are extremely engaging. Um, mm-hmm. Even though sort of like, none of our main characters get killed. Like everyone is pretty much, you know, safe the whole time. Which is such a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, like not necessarily the most realistic, but it's fine. You get, you get enough sort of human sacrifice. Um, And the other thing I love about this battle is that I think it is such a messy, disgusting, unglamorous battle. Uh It's just like human bodies pressing in on each other there's no there's very little room for sort of like neat choreography or mm-hmm. impressive stunts it's just i mean basically when john almost dies he almost dies because he's being like he's being suffocated under a po- a body of pile a pile uh, of bodies right, yeah. that has amassed um and it's just like to me it's like this is the messiness of war this is the messiness of battle there's mm-hmm. nothing pretty or glamorous about it um, and so I thought that was very successful. Yeah, I think, um, so that particular battle, there's, a there's kind of this scene that you get when high fantasy of, like, the heroic, like, the commander, Jon Snow, like, the commander with a sword charging in the battle and gloriously, like, leading the charge, killing people, like, killing people in a very majestic, very defined way. And what, um, we get in the Battle of the Bastards, we do get, like, that scene where he's like almost flattened by a horse, like as he charges mm-hmm. in, like he's just like, whoa, where did that come from? And then suddenly just like devolves straight into like, um, like just this scrum, like you're, you're on a packed subway train and you're just like throwing elbows, trying to like get mm-hmm. some space to just swing your like magic sword. Um, right. At a certain point, someone tears someone else's throat out with his teeth because mm-hmm. like that's the battle they're in. <laughs> Yeah, um, so so I think for that one, it was really effective just because, uh, in a way, you could see it as, like, Jon Snow realizing that um, it's not, like, these, like, triumphant, like, one-on-one, like, you and me outside by the flagpole kind of, like, deals. It's just, like, it's just this. Um, and one of the things that kind of disappointed me about that battle was that there wasn't... It didn't really feel like... Um, it felt like a really tight episode it didn't feel like it really impacted um the rest of the series and i think that's that's um that's fine i think that's not surprising but it doesn't seem like the fallout from that episode was like john real like any any greater impact on john about like what war is like what is war is like for the soldier that soldiers that he commands 
other than like his baseline yeah. level of empathy. Like I mean, he's yeah. not he's not like you know out going to like us plus like us minus them equals like whoever's number is bigger as wins. It's just that like he doesn't. Yeah, I, I think he doesn't. I mean, like, I think I think the outcome of that battle. And part of it is that we've just been sort of blocked from John's interiority for ages. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the the main outcome of that battle is reinforcing what I think John already knew, which is that he doesn't like he doesn't like fighting. Yeah. He doesn't want to keep fighting, and he just keeps sort of being forced to fight again and again and again because mm-hmm. he has to try and save everybody, save the world, and save this and save that, and so he's constantly just in this fight. Um, and I think the the horror of the Battle of the Bastards is just sort of this um, scene to kind of just show, like, God, it would be easier to just give up and stop fighting. Yeah. Because this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so I think that's... But I, I agree. Like, there's... In general, I think we've gotten very little payoff on a lot of stuff with John. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a co- complaint for another time. It's a complaint that's, um, like, upcoming, I think. I feel... Yeah. I, fe- I see it in the water. <laughs> but I think what that episode did do was make the stakes of having one back Winterfell feel really real. So mm-hmm. that when Winterfell later becomes um, threatened, right? Mm-hmm we remember all the the suffering and like blood and death that went into protecting it and to getting it. Um, and so yeah. I think like making us sit through the battle of the bastards and like see just this awful gore and feel this moment of triumph when the Stark banners are put up again, mm-hmm. um, makes us care about, about Winterfell as the home of the Starks yeah. in a way that, um, I don't think we had stopped caring about it necessarily, but that really like pushed that emotion into us just as that would sort of come to danger again within the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to me, yeah, I, I, I like that episode. I think it's a good battle because of, um, because of those emotional stakes, because it, 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 it helps establish the importance of, um, of this place as well for for our protagonists mm-hmm. and you know i think game of thrones has done several like pretty good battles i enjoy the battle of blackwater episode as well um which i don't know if you've seen because you started watching game of thrones kind it. of late it's a very good episode it's one of the top ones i think and i won't describe the whole thing but what's really nice about it is it um it kind of cuts between different points of view because we have different people kind of fighting so we have Tyrion. Mm-hmm leading some of the Lannister forces. Um, And at that point, you know, sort of Tyrion is a character people were rooting for, but we also had Davos leading some of the Stannis Baratheon forces. Mm -hmm. And, like, we also like Davos at this point. And we, I don't know how people feel about Stannis at this point. I think people kind of like him. Um, And, like, people don't like Cersei, but people don't want Tyrion to die. So there's kind of this complicated feeling of you don't know where you stand in the battle. And then you mm-hmm. also get these cuts to the women, um, Cersei and Sansa in particular, who are um, sitting with sort of all the ladies of the um, of the castle, basically who, who are not going to be fighting, right? And yeah. Cersei's just getting drunk and, you know, trying to dispose her cruel form of wisdom. And Sansa starts comforting some of the other women. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a really, 
effective moment as well because you see the consequences of winning or losing in this room as well. Like Sansa kind of hopes that the Lannisters lose because if, if Stannis gets in there, like maybe that's her ticket to freedom, right? Mm-hmm. She gets out from mm-hmm. away, away from these people. But if Stannis's forces win, um, you know, Cersei makes it pretty clear, like the women in this room may be raped, maybe slaughtered. Like you might be mm-hmm. like, it's, um, there's not really an easy, uh, easy solution that everyone everyone right wants. exactly it's a, it's a battle where you feel very complicated i think about how it how it goes down and even when the the lannister side ultimately wins it's through like pretty major destruction um with Tyrion sort of setting the blackwater bay on fire with wildfire um mm-hmm. So, again, like, I think that was a really effective way of managing it. I also like the Battle of Hardhome, but I think mostly that one's just cool. Um, that's the one where we see the Night King for the first time and mm-hmm. uh, get all the dead rising. and um, Yeah. So, like, I think those are all, all sort of good battles because they don't focus. Either they're, they're, they, if they focus on the fighting, they've, like, clearly set up the emotional stakes. Mm-hmm. Um or they cut between different parts of the battle in ways mm-hmm. that I think um, keep you from that battle fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to admit that I also like just, like, flashy battle sequences. I am, like, kind of basic in that way. Um, and I think, oh. like, it's what's necessary for those to work out is kind of, like, we talked about, it's, I mean, it's, we talked about, like, zombies. We talked about, um, like, the Horde. Uh, and I think, like, looking back, I forget which Avengers it was. It was, like, Avengers, the one where they're, like, saving, where Vision is introduced, and they're, like, trying to stop... Um... Age of Ultron? Yeah, so I think Age of Ultron was one of those uh, those cases where you have this, like, horde of... I don't even remember. Was it, like, robot clones? Iron Man? Like... I watched that movie on a plane, and it is, like, a fever dream to me. I do not remember anything from it. Okay, but, like, the the basic... The big battle scene, I think, like, a lot of places just take from this is, like, and I would be, I was kind of surprised that, like, um, Winterfell, like, basically, like, there's, like, a folk core group of cool people that are using up all the FX budget, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, people that are exist solely to show them being, like, incinerated by a laser beam or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we saw this in um, Avengers Endgame Part 1, where, uh, you know, the big, like... Infinity War. Infinity War Part 1. Uh, where we saw like the big like wheels land in Wakanda. Oh yeah, okay. And then in, yeah, okay. yeah, and then you're just like, oh okay, like this is here's the Hulkbuster, here's the um, here's like the cool like shield capes or whatever. Like here's our cool last stance. So I think like I'm I am like kind of a sucker for well executed, well choreographed CGI, but it does require like pulling back a little like because otherwise you get like transformers where it's just this incomprehensible shifting mass of metal and terrible terrible jokes right no and i i mean i think that's that's fair i mean i think big end battles are supposed to be a spectacle like mm-hmm. they're supposed to be um really exciting to watch i mean i think battle of the bastards is a slightly different case mm-hmm. but 
but like something like yeah any battle at the end of any avengers movie is supposed to be huge and have explosions and have cool moments and have scary moments and have good cgi and i am a sucker for spectacle is what i'm trying to say yeah and I, like i think that's totally normal i think i i think these battles ultimately are not usually that long though mm-hmm. um I would say, like, what, 15, 20 minutes max? Yeah, it's true. And then you do get, like, a, a downtime where they have a mango lossy and joke around. And I think, I, I actually do think Marvel movies are a great example of films where they, they do a good job of sort of letting char- characters have different moments mm-hmm. um, during the battle. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes a bit gratuitously, um, this is not, I wouldn't even call this a gripe with Endgame. Mm-hmm. I just found it like it took me out of the moment in that there's a very like hashtag girl power moment where um and this is again a small spoiler uh where a lot of the well i was just to say all of the female characters in the mcu who at that moment are alive living and part of that universe uh all somehow end up in the exact same part of the battlefield fighting together uh-huh. and it just like has like one show up after another so that it's like you know, women surrounded by women. And you're like, this is so fan servicey and fun. And like, I like that they thought I would want this, but also <laughs> my brain is going, why were all the women like right there? Like, right. Is this, is this like what? a, was this like a, all you, all you women just sit at this table? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like logistically confused me. Uh-huh. Um, and, but I understand the impulse to have those moments because you want the moments where you cheer um, or you want the moments where you're like, fuck, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just as you want the moments where you're like, oh, God, is this person going to die? Um, and and really the endgame battle did a good job with having a lot of those kinds of moments, I uh-huh. think. Um, I, I love your description of it as like, I'm flattered that they think I would want this, which is like, yeah. it's like a step up from like, I'm disgusted, like, you know, it's like, I'm disgusted that you think I would want this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I do want, like, the awesome women, you know, characters, but I also, like, I'm past the point of needing to be, uh... Pandered to. Pandered to in such an obvious way, I right. think is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are particular narrative reasons why I found it a little, like, cheap, but I won't get into those, because that is a major spoiler. Those are major um, spoilers. So, but yeah, like I, I appreciated the thought and, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I, I, in general, like, I think, like I said, Marvel does a good job of this, um, of giving us these moments that we can cheer or the moments that we can even laugh in the middle of battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, another great example of that is in, um, Lord of the Rings, I think it's in the Battle of Helm's Deep, but it might also be in the battle in the third one as well, um, where you have the running joke of Legolas and Gimli uh, keeping track of how many yeah. they've killed, and they're sort of arguing about it as they battle. And, like, yeah. it's humor in the midst of, like, a pretty serious battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Battle of Helm's Deep, of course, is sort of the the battle people refer to as sort of this like great cinematic triumph right um because it's epic and it has these intense moments of um like real fear you Mm -hmm. get you do get this moment of like the people down underneath i don't know where they're hiding in the caves or whatever Uh um the women and children and you get them sort of um 
cowering as they hear the the sounds above and you're like afraid for them Mm -hmm. and then you get the sort of like epic last minute arrival of um gandalf the white his like white horse yeah um and you get these big big moments like that um i think maybe that's the one where the trees show up too, the ants um i haven't seen this battle either but it is oh my god watch the lord of the rings i'm not even like a lord of the rings person I read and the it's books. Ridiculous to me. Watch the movies. They're pretty good. Oh, it's nine hours of my life. No, don't watch the extended editions. Okay. Don't watch the extended editions. Not necessary. I thought like we visited New Zealand, we saw the giant Smeagol in the airport. I thought that was like very true to life. It's the part where Frodo gets hit by the shrink ray, and uh, he has to, like, honey, I shrunk his <laughs> the kids way his back to Smeagol so he can get the ring and turn himself back to a full size. <laughs> It was nice that they donated that prop, is what I'm saying. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you really should watch uh, Lord of the Rings. That's kind of ridiculous. Everyone says... I mean, it is true. Okay. <laughs> You're right. The only th- way I can contribute is, like, yeah, everyone says that the Battle of Helm's Deep is, like, the model upon which, like, all cinematic movie battles are based after, or cinematic battles sh- are slash should be based after. Right. I mean, and this is the episode that... Uh, in the latest, well, as of hearing this, it won't be the latest, but the third episode of this season of Game of Thrones, which mm-hmm. was our big battle episode, mm-hmm. our, our first big battle episode, there'll probably be another. Um, this was the episode where the, the directors and the producers were all like, this is going to be bigger than Helm's Deep. Oh, like, man. We spent more time filming it. We spent 53 nights. We did 53 nights of night shoots. Um, we spent more money. We spent more whatever it's gonna be bigger and better than helm's deep was it it was not it was not Did, it was, was torment like that's the third zombie and then no. the, the hound's like no <laughs> so the reason i was thinking about battle fatigue is because this is an episode that to me is it's all battle fatigue it just i mean i was 20 minutes in and i was bored not because everything that was happening was boring but because it was sort of the same emotion just being sustained over um about 80 minutes yeah and it didn't it didn't work um mm-hmm. there were a lot of problems with the battle uh the lighting is terrible it's extremely dark Mm. Um, I hear that was a really common complaint. It was like, yes. could not see shit. Yeah, you couldn't see shit. And there were parts where there's like dragons flying around and I couldn't see shit then either. Um, and I was like, I don't really care about watching these dragons fly around doing nothing because they can't see shit and I can't see <laughs> shit. Um, so that, that, like, it was hard to see. It was hard to follow. Um, the battle plan made no sense to such a degree that it was distracting. Uh-huh. Um, like literally I was like who came up with this battle plan because it's the stupidest fucking idea I could possibly imagine was it better... I don't know shit about war and I could have come up with like 20 better plans than this was it better or worse than like let's run into the Night King's army to get like a sample of a white and bring it back with I would say it was worse yeah okay it was worse than the white hunt uh-huh. um, in terms of like they had they they meet the 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 white walkers and the whites they meet the the army of the dead on an open field they basically send a huge cavalry to the dead mm-hmm. who then guess what they kill uh-huh and then guess what those are new soldiers 
for the dead. Like, it's really fucking stupid. Uh-huh, right. It's really stupid. Like, to me, it made no sense that they didn't have um, everybody behind the walls of the castle the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted to have some spectacle, and they had, like, it was cool visuals. Like, it, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't make any sense. Um, yeah. And it just made me think, oh, so, like, both John and Daenerys are, like, idiots. Horrible, horrible military commanders. They're just awful at this. Um, Everyone is. Wasn't Stannis' I mean, this whole thing where, like, let's also just run straight at the Boltons with a, a extremely... Well, at that, at that point it was because they had nothing left, so I think they were just sort of... Uh, oh, okay. ...giving up at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other thing... Okay, so when we cut away from battle... We did. We cut away from, like battle but it was two other tent scenes that were sort of more like okay now here's Arya creeping around while there are like zombies uh-huh. and she has to avoid the zombies i'm like okay this is like an episode of the walking dead um uh-huh. and then we would cut to like another scene where like brands in the gods would and like theon's there like shooting arrows at zombies and you're like okay cool um and then we would cut to the crypts which is where the people who were not fighting uh-huh. um were and the entire time, all I'm thinking is, this is a fucking army that raises the dead. Why are you in the crypts? Right. This does seem like a, a very common complaint. And spoiler alert. Uh-huh. That does come up, but not even in a way that was interesting. Like, if you're going to have people be resurrected and then you have to fight them yeah. and you're in the crypts of your family home, like... I wanted to see Sansa Stark have to like stab Ned Stark in the face with a dragon glass not not the face dagger though. not the face very difficult to find the face on the, okay. Ned Stark. But, uh, fair. Okay. <laughs> I just want to I just wanted to you okay. know come okay. in. Okay, Rick on Stark, whatever. Right. Like. <laughs> um, but it was just like, like more. There was no death. horror. Yeah, it was just like they were they were sort of like molded to beyond recognition. There was no sense of having to face. You know, I mean, what she was, which she was facing her relatives, mm-hmm. um, her, her, possibly her father, possibly her brother, her ancestors, like people she's um, been told stories about, like the um, continuation right. of, like the the whole Stark um, legacy, yeah, right. And like they didn't even milk that moment for the angst and horror that it contained. Instead, they just sort of relied on cheap, like zombies are scary mm-hmm. cuts. Um, so it was, I don't like. People are telling me, and I believe this, that they've been going back and watching individual scenes, and the individual scenes really stand up. They're, like, Mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah. But as a whole, you just are tired the whole episode. It is not fun to watch, Mm. but nor is it even, like, that emotional. Like, there were a few deaths that upset me, but, like, I was just at the point where I was like, oh, my God, finally. Right. Finally someone's died. Someone has died. I can move on with my life. Yeah. The whole episode, it just felt like I was waiting for something to happen. Mm. Um, And, like, I think in certain ways it was intentionally anticlimactic, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Because um, it's not the climax of the series. Uh Um, And because they they do a really neat thing where they do undercut sort of you assume Daenerys and Jon are going to be sort of the big heroes. And mm-hmm. the episode really undercuts that. Like, they are not the big heroes. Um, John kind of doesn't manage to do anything the entire battle. And the dragons are not very useful. Oh, wow. Um, All right. And, um, like, it's a very good Daenerys episode, I think. But not, uh-huh. um, 
not because she's like some big hero who who saves a lot of people or anything yeah um so which i i kind of liked i liked that that was the way they went but it was so just it wasn't well set up and they Mm -hmm. sort of have like oh here's our surprise twist ending um and like the twist it didn't come out of nowhere but it really could have been managed a lot yeah or just like like I don't think it had to be a surprise twist. Like, I think we could have felt the triumph of it while following it as it happened. Did, Minas, um, did the Ents show up? No Ents showed up. The, the children of the forest, like, wait, we got fireballs. No, they didn't show up because they're dead in the show. Yeah, I know. Um, you know who else didn't show up? Wolves. No wolves showed up. I was going to ask, like, did Ghost show up at all? Because that's Ghost, the whole... Okay, Ghost was there very briefly randomly standing next to jorah and the dothraki we saw him run into battle did not see him again we know he's alive because he's in the preview for tonight's episode but like i it honestly felt like they forgot ghost existed and they're like oh shit which scene can we just kind of like stick him into last minute um where there's like enough screen there's like enough room on the screen i think they finished filming the entire thing before the entire episode before like entirety of this season before they realized Ghost was supposed to be in it. Yeah, honestly, that is how it feels. Um, so there were just I I was disappointed because I think there were a lot of really cool things that could have happened with this battle, and because um, really the stakes should not have been like could not have been higher. Mm-hmm. Like this is the fate of the world. This is a unrelenting do or die army of the dead. They don't stop. They don't. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I should have felt it. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't. Like, I did not feel the stakes. I didn't feel the emotion. I didn't. Mm. I, I was. Very It was hard to be invested. And I am an expert at being invested in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, so to me, it was really an example of what not to do when right. you're filming a battle. Um, because it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think it was kind of a failure on a lot of levels. Yeah. I feel really bad because, like, it was a technical triumph. And, like, it's so clear the actors and the crew and everyone put so much work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like, over 50 nights of doing night shoots. Which is wild. Yeah. But it wasn't good. <laughs> like, it just wasn't good. Yeah, let's, um, um, let's pivot briefly from yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, no, I mean, I think, like... What we're like what you said, what we're looking for in a battle is um we're looking for catharsis. Like the very much like you win the battle, you you win that personal war in yourself. Because I think people do want to build personal investment in battles. It's not ever just about like if we win, we get like a castle and we get like plus one to our grain um in the next like if we roll a three or a seven. Mm-hmm. I think when we talked about the Battle of the Bastards, it represented a lot of these things, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was both, um, like, for, it was like Winterfell, um, Laird Landback, it was about Sansa versus Ramsay, um, it was about, like, all of that. It was, it was, it was about, mm-hmm. like, um, personal triumph, personal progression. Um, we can kind of, we can probably talk about, like, you know, the how problematic it is to link these together, like, like wannabe policemen or like wannabe army men like with a camo mm-hmm. like but um i'm gonna step aside from that right now and just sort of go back to kind of i guess what makes battle of winterfell kind of has these elements like we do have these like um 
points of like character finale we have this like investment in like war of the living against the dead do you think the ultimate failure of it was that either it failed to convey the stakes or that the stakes weren't set up appropriately i guess like do you think like when we see or do you just feel like the stakes were not treated i think maybe you even felt like the stakes weren't treated appropriately enough in the sense that when the night king rolls up and you send a bunch of soldiers out and then they die and turn into zombies immediately and you're like like this is supposed to be like well to be honest, that didn't even happen because that would have been really cool. They just all die. Like, if they had died and then they turned around as zombies and come back, that would have been fucking awesome. Okay, so they didn't They didn't even get You didn't even so get that. So they didn't that. even... I mean, part of it... Yeah, to me, it was the, they, they set up the stakes as this is the biggest battle. This is the battle for our lives. The mm-hmm. fate of the entire world hangs in the balance. Yeah. And then it was just a... F- fucking joke like yeah, not uh-huh. because not because the night king and his forces weren't powerful mm-hmm. um they were i mean to a degree that was maybe too much yeah um like watching like literal hordes of zombies kind of crawl over the walls of winterfell and stuff um made it really hard for me to buy that anybody survived uh-huh. um you know like there were scenes where you would see somebody being like just completely surrounded by by a horde of zombies, and yeah. then somehow they were alive later. And I was like, "Well, that's some pretty th- thick plot armor." It's like we need this person to be alive for the next episode, so mm-hmm. they're alive still somehow. Um, well, that that one you're speaking to, um, kind of the betrayal of Game of Thrones. It's it's interesting that you're that reflects the Game of Thrones. Nobody is safe, right? Like that you feel like. Right. In another show, like The Walking... Like, no, not including Walk, Walking Dead also has this idea. But, like, yeah. in another show, like The Avengers, you'll be like, of course, like, Iron Man is not going to die here. Like, he's going to, mm-hmm. like, do, like, a special iron suit maneuver versus mm-hmm. The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones where you say, like, we're invested in this show precisely because we feel like nobody is safe. And if they back themselves into a corner, they're not just going to magic their way out. And that they betrayed that expectation with this episode. Right? Or... Yeah, I, I th- no, I think that's fair. And I think, like, honestly, I think that aspect of Game of Thrones has been overstated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think The Walking Dead has way more successfully pulled off the anyone can die yeah. thing, at least in the seasons I watched of The Walking Dead. Um, but, yeah, I mean, essentially, like, I wasn't rooting for, like, a lot of characters' deaths. Mm-hmm. But it was frustrating to see characters in situations that really should have killed them. Mm-hmm. And then somehow they survived without really an explanation. Um, and like we got that kind of in the Battle of the Bastards, but you would at least see how they survived. Like there would be some sort of last minute something. Right. Um, you know, Tormund it- would rip somebody's throat out with their with his teeth. Um, whereas in this case, it was just like you, you saw people being swarmed by the dead. And then later you saw them and they were alive. Like maybe you saw somebody running toward them with a sword to save them. But like... <laughs> mm-hmm. How did that one person manage to save? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add um, up. It sounds like that's like a really, that's like the core, like that's a big core of the like, it just doesn't add up. It just your... doesn't add up. And so much of it was focused on the spectacle mm-hmm. that it sacrificed logic. It sacrificed character. Um, I just like, I, I couldn't tell you what most of the characters were thinking at any given moment. Oh, that's not Um, great. Yeah, it's not great. So yeah, it was just, it was, it was a disappointment Mm -hmm. like this entire season has been. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, 
but it, I do think it was like an informative uh, disappointment because it I hadn't really given a lot of thought to battles before, mm-hmm. um, and seeing that one really made me feel strongly about like what what works and what doesn't. Like um, dream bigger. Yeah. So, I mean, and even having cool special effects and shit. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point in spending millions of dollars on CGI dragons if I can't even see what the fuck they're doing? Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's very important to have CGI dragons, uh, you know. There was a v- video going around of a part where two of the dragons, one of the dragons is fighting the ice dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't see it when it was on the TV screen. And somebody, like, was sending around online, like, a lightened version where it had been lightened, like, a ton. Oh, that's hilarious. So you could actually hilarious. see what was happening. And you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. But, like, and like I understand. It's the long night. Like, it's supposed to be dark. It's, it's supposed to be nighttime. Night. I mean, that's the name of the episode, The Long Night. Oh, I um, see. Okay. It's not the Battle of Winterfell. My bad. No. Um, but, like, it's it's too much. It just is too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just like, I can't. I can't. I know. I just, like... Anyway, turns out it's the, uh, as aggregated by Rotten Tomatoes, it is the second lowest rated episode of game of thrones in game of thrones history you're really satisfied about that you're just like mm, mm, mm. i mean i'm extremely unsatisfied about that but <laughs> i think it's correct right well i mean at least they'll be able to fix it for the next season right sorry yeah so i think i think that's yeah um, and then I think in terms of stakes, another thing that um, Endgame does really well is it, it does have stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was my concern after Infinity War, right? Because we knew at least like 98% of the deaths were reversible. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we're just pretty sure. We're pretty positive. It's not. Um, and so the question is like how much of Endgame was just going to be a reset? Like how much is this? How much is uh, some kind of final battle really going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does. Like, they do a good job of making it yeah. matter. Um, and and including... Uh, spoiler, but I won't give details. Uh, one of, I think, the best done deaths in oh, the cool. MCU. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think a really, really well done death. Oh, shit. I can't believe Vision comes back to die again. <laughs> Fuck. I love that guy. I love this uh, weird father-daughter oh, energy froze. with Scarlet Witch. No, I think um, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. That it was frustrating, like because if you want a spectacle, you want to also be able to just see the <laughs> spectacle. Like if, I know, crazy, uh, crazy, right? What's interesting about this is um, applying this to video games where, like, you would expect this, like, battle fatigue to be omnipresent because, like, video games um, are about, like, fighting, 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 fighting. Um, So what is funny to me is, like, in one stance, there's a really common trick in in video games, um, like the Batman ones. Oh, you're frozen again. Oh, you're not. Okay. We're just... Yeah, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) Um... I think, uh, so frequently, if you're, like, there's um, the Batman games. Um, the Batman games, you'll, like, catapult your way into, like, six like six enemies. And what will happen is that, like, one or two of them will, like, come out and try to fight you. And the rest of them will, like, circle you and, like, shout things at you. But they won't fight you until, like, 
you kill like you you incapacitate one person attacking you then they'll like then the next person will come up so you're always only fighting like one or two people Mm -hmm. um so so it like kind of keeps it in a way keeps it like really focused keeps it in like a very strict rhythm and i think like a lot of fights also they're designed to be over in like 30 seconds or a minute and then like you can take a break like grapple to a roof heal up just like focus yourself for the next fight and then go back in like it's actually like really deliberate that you don't you're not just like hitting buttons for like 30 minutes or an hour um it's really interesting that there's some but i don't i can't really speak to this in all cases i know that there are mmorpgs like world of warcraft or final fantasy 11 where there are fights that are like six hours long like you devote six hours of your life and like 11 of your friends's life Mm. guild's life to just like taking someone down and i cannot imagine how you can like stay awake through that other other than through like the fierce bond of friendship you have with your guildmates who've carried you through 80 levels so far so god um no i mean i think there's like a there's shadow of mordor which is like this good but problematic unsurprisingly problematic game where like you are like this lone elven adventure in the middle of mordor and you're just like killing orcs um and then yeah they pull the batman trick like you you'd expect like jumping into this filled battlefield you just be like overwhelmed and immediately like sucked under i guess but like Mm -hmm. you'll you'll fight like one or two people at a time you might have archers attacking you but they'll be like from the front or like they'll be like okay but like you you do get attacked from behind to like say like hey there's too many people here but like not as often as you'd think like you wouldn't just get like dogpiled and then just like (laughs) resurrect at the at the last um eye of sauron tower uh so yeah so so i think it's like you don't really get these big fights and for the ones that like where you do get like really big forces in like um civilization games or i don't know like uh age of empires where you have like click drag like this big like 50 units attacking 50 units um those games are all about like it's it's interesting it's called micromanaging is because you look at which unit have the lowest health click on them pull them out of the battle and just try to like manage um manage the battle so that they get um you're like evenly distributing the damages or like your magic users are using their abilities on like effective cooldowns it's it's never about like sitting back and just like oh they're still fighting (laughs) um there's a lot of like yeah i think there's a lot of game design about like not having this fatigue not fighting an enemy that keeps like regenerating their health always Mm -hmm. feeling like you're making progress um so that like when if you die like either you feel like you can grind it out or like if you you die if you feel like you're not getting anywhere like it's antithetical to games to be in this like trap of like feeling that you're gonna be able to do it but like not being but but you're actually not actually going to be able to do it or it's going to take you like 30 minutes of like doing this one repetitive action to do it uh yeah no i think that's really interesting um because i think like i think i do like the um I do like the kind of, like, futile uh, meaninglessness of mm-hmm. the Game of Thrones battles. Like, I like the <laughs> um, the real chaos and, and sense, lack of a sense of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think is always undercut because ultimately, right, like, 
our heroes win to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... but I think I think there's something like interesting about about not having that sense of progress. I mean, God, watching John in this latest episode, it's like him just failing and failing and failing and failing and failing and failing. Like he cannot get anything done. Um, Mm. And I think that's a really interesting choice. I don't think it was like well done necessarily, but I I thought like, especially for somebody who like has thought of himself as like, I am the, like, this is my job, Mm -hmm. my job on this earth. The reason I was brought back from the dead Mm -hmm. is to stop this war from like killing everybody and to kill the night King. Yeah. Um, And to just be constantly, just thwarted by like just, just shit like yeah. just be unable to get, like he can't get places he falls off a dragon like he's just not oh my god he falls off a dragon i mean not like far i think but okay but that's he, still hilarious though um like he just he's 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 fighting outside of his element to begin with because he's he's used to being like on the ground being a swordsman that sort of thing mm-hmm. but then even when he's on the ground he's fighting out of his element because like He's being surrounded by zombies, and there's, like, a dragon with, like, ice fire. And, you know, he has, like, one goal, and, like, he just can't. Like, he can't. Like Right, right. He didn't sign up for ice fire. Like Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, there is no way through. You know, like, Jon Snow, he always finds a way through. And just, like, there's not. There Mm -hmm. is not a way through. Um, And, like, I would love that if I had any hope that, like, the show would deal with the psychological consequences uh-huh. of that um of the fact that john has basically been living to fight this war and then he like and, sucks at it yeah i mean in that like it it ultimately did not like he ultimately didn't contribute i mean he did he contributed into really important ways in that he got all these people together he got people prepared blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but like in the heat of the battle he didn't do much like he's um, a, yeah that's interesting and yeah like i think i think that could be so interesting but the show's not going to do it. Like, the mm. show doesn't care. Um, God, George R. R. Martin, please just finish the book. Oh, my God. I please. cannot believe... Please. I cannot believe you're calling on George R. R. Martin to save you. Like, this is... I never expected to, like... It's just... For you to just be like, save me. Save me, George R. R. Because, like, there's, like, an episode where you're like, I don't really care about the books. Like, I'm happy with the... I'm happy I with whatever, wrong. whatever the show gives me. I, was I don't wrong. care. I didn't think the show could give me so, so, <laughs> so little. I, I didn't think it would be this bad. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I feel like I'm in just like a state of shock still a little bit. I was reading like leaks for tonight's episode and. Are they good? No, they're horrible. They're not, they're not, um, you're not getting like a good feeling from them. I'm getting a very bad feeling from them and from the rest of the season entirely. Um, and not even because of what happens, but just because of incompetent storytelling. Mm. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did we have anything else to say about battles? I don't think so. I, I don't, um, I just wanted to like talk a little bit about like the way video games portray them. Like I think yeah. it is really effective in a, in a game, in um, a visual sense to, in a, in a non-interactive sense to see like mm-hmm. futility, right? Like that's the whole, like, that's another thing in your playbook, but for games, like. It would suck. <laughs> it would suck. It's, it's, it'd be, have to be really well managed um, because I think like, I I think of people value their time and being like, there there is this joke in a game that I, I that's very meta textual that's really funny called um Stanley Parable, 
where like the where basically like you the player and the narrator are in constant conflict because the narrator is trying to like narrate your actions and you're not like sometimes you can choose not to do them um so there's a point where the narrator like gives up and it's like well okay here's a game um i've I've taped like a picture of a baby to a stick and it's gonna like walk into a fire unless you press this button which will reset the baby to the start of the track and it's like well i think it's real art but you won't get it unless you play it for like five hours and there's like an achievement you get if you just like sit there and like hit this button over and over again for five straight hours but like it's it's a joke like you're not like explicitly right so what for a lot of rpg battles there's this like funny common trope where like there's an unwinnable battle like you go up against a villain way too early and a villain smokes you but like Mm -hmm. people expect it to be a regular battle so they like use up all their like precious items and then they like Mm -hmm. die and then this game continues and you're like god fuck you um so i don't know i think it's interesting that like there's really there's a lot of work done to avoid this like hopeless like hopelessness is conveyed via other means than than fighting yeah the the main verb of video games i mean of course because like we want to feel if we're putting our own like work into it we want to feel like we can actually do something otherwise why the hell are we doing it whereas i think Mm -hmm. we have the ability to appreciate other people's helplessness and yeah for sure uh, a lot better you know, like, like oh, the psychological consequences of that are interesting. Whereas if we're playing a video game, it's like, the psychological consequences of this are I'm fucking annoyed. <laughs> right, like, I'm going to throw this game across. Like, there's also the other one where, like, you use up all your consumables and you're like, oh, this is clearly a boss I'm not supposed to beat. And then you die and the, it's game's like, mm-mm, sorry, buddy. You're going to have to fight this guy again. Only this time, you don't have any consumables. You use them all up. Um, which is very funny, but also frustrating i suppose so what so have you been doing anything this week other than um end game and game of thrones yeah actually um so we got out of school so um the past week or so becky and i have just been like hanging out watching like lighthearted stuff or like fun stuff Mm -hmm. um which I think has been kind of nice um, and a good distraction. So, like, I've rewatched show like movies from my childhood. I rewatched Spy Kids. Um, oh man, which one? The first one. Oh, okay, I was gonna say like the third one, man. I have not seen that one. Rewatched the first one um, and appreciated the comic performance of Alan Cumming so much more than I did as a child. <laughs> Also rewatched Ella Enchanted, which I didn't like as a child because I liked the book and it's very, very different from the book. Uh-huh. But again, the extremely over-the-top villain performance of Carrie Elwes is like a thing of beauty. It is so That's funny incredible. and good. Um, and then we also have been watching this cartoon um, children's show called uh, Hilda, which is very cute. Um the the voice of the main girl is the little girl who plays Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And um, it's just sort of about this this girl in sort of a, a Scandinavian-ish fantasy world mm-hmm. where there are trolls and uh, giants and spirits and fairies and all kinds of like little mm-hmm. things like that. And, and everyone kind of knows about them. And she interacts with them and um yeah it's i don't know it's it's a really sweet show and just kind of a it sounds cute fun to watch yeah it's it's cute and it's it's like 
a little more like it's not um it's not like too saccharine or anything um like i feel like it it is willing to sort of like think through some sort of like interesting or intelligent ideas in a children's show um so i would i would recommend it if you're looking for something you know light but not like spongebob (laughs) (laughs) light but not like spongebob not not that light yeah um, I haven't been, I've been playing, I've been continuing playing Sekiro. I think I'm, maybe I mentioned this last time. I probably did. Um, I think so. Which is like the ninja game where you ninja around in service to your, like, your tiny adorable lord. You're like your liege. Um, but like you're fighting like these like giant snakes and horrible abominations and the, the country becomes under, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I think it's saying... It's a, it goes a lot further than just, like, fight back the evil invaders. It says something about, like, um, like refusing to continue something. That, like, refusing stagnation, refusing, like, cycles of uh, just, like, ba- like c- cycles of um, undeath, I guess. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, like, refusing to exploit. Like, I think there's... I don't know. There, there's a lot of, like, really interesting things in it. I haven't quite finished it, but I'm really... I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's really much about, like... it very Like I mentioned last time, it's very much like a samurai movie where you're, like... Where the core of the game forces you to block and deflect um, enemy attacks rather than just, like, dodging away from them or, like, overwhelming them and just, like, taking the hits to your chest. Because every enemy will kill you in, like, two hits. <laughs> it's very frustrating, but really enjoyable. Um, yeah, and then this week I'm going to catch up on Game of Thrones, and I'm going to see Endgame, and, uh, just entirely too late to have any interesting conversations about it whatsoever with anyone else. Well, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, um, yeah, for sure. Um, it's become kind of a thing where I, like, live blog my Game of Thrones reactions to Molly whenever I watch them. Um, Mm -hmm. just to get, like, just so she can re-experience the horror of... I know. Uh, it's, episode two was pretty good, though. Episode but... two was pretty good. Oh yeah. man, that that sigh, that. I really, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'll go back to my like depression cave as I wait no. for the new episode. <laughs> Only a few more hours. Uh, but then I have to be like upset about it for at least twenty four more hours after that. Just for really, another for my the next Sundays week. and Mondays are all ruined. <laughs> all right. Always. Always. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at I'm at the Molly Jean. That's at the M O L L Y J E A N N E. Still, pretty much all Game of Thrones all the time, but currently it's a Game of Thrones hate Twitter. So uh, right now, I mean, I don't have know. Fun with that. In like seventy two hours, like by Wednesday when this comes out, maybe you'll have like maybe this tonight's episode. You're like. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe it won't be as terrible as I fear. A shit show. Yeah. I asked people who were, like, reading all those spoilers and leaks. I was like, on a scale of, like, 1 to 10, with 1 being just, like, irredeemable shit show, like, what should I expect from tonight's episode? And two people responded, 1. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, so, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, uh, and follow me on Twitter at Alonculus, A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S. Um, I'm infrequently tweeting, but you can always tweet at me or Molly to suggest uh, new um, t- 
topics. Sorry, I just yeah. totally brain farted on that word. I was like, the subjects, the talking thingies. <laughs> and actually, thanks to、uh, loyal listener and contributor Becky Hickson for suggesting this topic. Oh, perfect.、Um, because we kept complaining about. The Battle of Winterfell with each other. <laughs> All right. So, and she was like, "You should just talk about this on your podcast." You just talk about it on your podcast. Cool. All right.、Uh, well, I think that's it. We'll、uh, talk to you again in two weeks.、Mm-hmm. Until yeah. then. Until then.、Um, catch you later. Stay hungry. <laughs> so what? Why do you laugh at that? Our classic sign-off. Catch you later. <laughs> catch you later. Stay hungry. Wow.